to your weekly accountability podcast with me, Alexis McCluskey, where we are more about implementation over absorbing information. Every week, I'll be in your ear to give you a kick in the ass you need to show up and identify what is out of your comfort zone. Here, we don't throw pity parties. We are in it for the long game and find the balance between grace and discipline. What makes this podcast different is after each episode, I'll share a post on my Instagram at the tough love coach with a question or challenge of the week for you to comment for accountability. And on Friday, I'll share a check-in to see if you actually implemented what you learned because being inspired by a podcast is cute, but action is hotter. Totally optional, highly recommended. It's free accountability. I'm here to redefine what you see as tough love. So put on those big girl boy panties and let's get real bitches. XOXO, your tough love coach. Yo, happy motherfucking 2023. It is the new year. How are you feeling? It really doesn't have to be a big thing. If you want it to be a big thing, then go for it. But don't let yourself stress yourself out or let social media stress you out by feeling like, oh my God, it's the new year. I got to set goals. I got to do all this. At the end of the day, it's just another day. And you didn't need a new year, just like you don't need a Monday to do anything. So you can just treat it as such. Doesn't have to be so stressful. I promise you that. If you like that fresh energy, remind yourself that you get to create that fresh energy whenever you want. How cool is that? So today I want to talk about 10 signs why you might be a workaholic and how it's affecting you. Before we get into that, I have a question for you because I shared this on my old Instagram and I didn't get that many answers. I was surprised, Uh, but, and this is totally off topic. But my dog, Gerald, I have Ned and I have Gerald. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen um, that Gerald, the brown dog, Ned's the white dog, the English bulldog, the brown dog, Gerald, who's a pit Australian shepherd mix. He got ACL surgery and he's healing fine. Thank you for everybody who's messaged me asking like how he's doing. He's healing way too quick, which is like a good thing. I'm not complaining, but he's like already ready to like run around. He's like, keeps trying to run around the yard. It's a mess. But my question for you is, and I'd love if you sent me a DM on Instagram, if you have an answer to this, where do you find dog booties? Like that they can use to walk around in the snow, uh, that don't fall off and don't suck. Every pair that I've ever bought just sucks. And I'm really looking for a pair to use for him because now he's able to go for longer walks as he's recovering. But the snow and the weather has been so bad here in Colorado lately that it's freezing and he's not about that life. So if we can find some booties that work, that'd be great. So let's get back to the program. I hear people say all the time that they aren't a workaholic or that they've healed from it. And I'm not here to tell you what you have healed or haven't healed from. But speaking from experience, being someone who is a recovering workaholic, I know that you cannot remove the coping mechanism and think you've solved the problem. So for me, going all the way back and trigger warning, talking about eating disorders, I struggled with an eating disorder in the past. I struggled with uh, binge eating and bulimia for a few years. And that was kind of my first, uh, I guess, outlet for trauma. Um, I realized I got diagnosed with OCD uh, maybe like a year or two ago, never knew I had it. But then once I found out that I did, never even thought I had it. And then once I found out I did and looked more into it, I was like, oh, I've been this way my entire life. And I just thought everybody thought that way, but then I realized that that wasn't the case. Um, but I think my OCD was, was an outlet at the time that I just didn't realize, but as I grew older and I dealt with an eating disorder and then I healed from that or so I thought I 
just turned that energy into working all the time because I didn't solve the actual problem. I just switched coping mechanisms. And so then when I was, uh, you know, a workaholic and I tried to work through that again, instead of identifying like what was the underneath, what was really happening for me? Like, what was I trying to control? Was it a worth thing? Like what, what was the reason? What was the reason? Sorry, that wasn't a funny joke. It's a TikTok sound. <laughs> anyway, um, just, you know, add a little bit of humor to an, a not so fun situation. But as I went into, you know, quote unquote, healing my workaholism, I was trying to heal the coping mechanism. I was not healing the root of the problem. Go back to episode one if you want to, you know, touch on that. But I would not work as much, but then, well, again, because I was focused on the coping mechanism, it turned into me distracting myself through literally anything else, having a really busy social life, always having things on my to-do list, consistently cleaning my house. So because there was a point where I really wasn't working on the root of why I was doing what I was doing, and all of this really had to do with control, I just kept bouncing from coping mechanism to coping mechanism. So when I say that you might be a workaholic, even if you're like, you know, I've healed from it, I'm not saying that you haven't done the work and healed, but what I'm saying is to ask yourself the question, when it comes to my workaholism or uh, any putting pressure on yourself, perfectionism, kind of all these things that fall under this, this, this umbrella, have I actually worked on and healed the root of my workaholism, me putting pressure on myself, or have I just been coping mechanism, jumping, bouncing, whatever you want to call it. So Maybe you don't work all the time, but you've found a way to keep really busy and distract yourself because workaholics, we love to stay busy. We tend to, and this is for kind of even more of like uh, type A perfectionists, like the, the Enneagram threes, the ones that really like to kind of perform all the time. I am an Enneagram seven, um, but like I get that Enneagram three energy sometimes. And we like, when you don't want to accomplish things and do all the things. Sometimes we don't realize, and this was a realization I had for myself, that I kept myself so busy because if I slowed down, I was going to have to face all of the shit that I was trying to avoid and distracting myself. If you've ever read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle, love her. She talks about this concept of, you know, the snow globe being shaken. And so especially for women, um, but like workaholics, perfectionists alike, we shake the snow globe. And it keeps us from like kind of seeing through the the snow, right? Like we can't really see the other side of the snow globe because it's just like shaken up all the time. And being shaken up would mean like staying busy, working all the time, never slowing down because we are afraid if we set that snow globe down and, and all the dust in the snow settles, we are going to have to face some shit. And so really check in with yourself about how you are possibly even if maybe, cause for a lot of you that are like, yeah, I'm a workaholic. You don't have to convince me. Otherwise the, all of this is definitely going to apply for you. But I'm also speaking to those of you who are maybe where I was trying to convince myself. I wasn't a workaholic where I wasn't working my business as much anymore. I mean, I was working it, but I wasn't overworking myself, but I was in all other areas of my life, social life, things like that. I was keeping myself distracted. The other thing I want you to think about, and this is like related, but, but unrelated, but I think it's, it's related enough for me to mention it because it's my podcast and I can talk about whatever I want. Uh, my breathwork facilitator, she's amazing. She's the spiritual experience on Instagram. Her name's Candace. She's amazing. Shout out to Candace. I'm seeing her on Friday. 
today's Wednesday. So two days excited for that. Lots of breathing and screaming and crying. It's amazing. But we were, we do like little sessions, kind of like almost like little therapy sessions before. And we talk about like my intentions and things like that. And we were working together for a while and she knows me really well. And so she, I forget exactly what we were talking about, but she was like, Alexis, do you actually feel your feelings? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course I feel my feelings. I'm a super emotional person. I'm a cancer moon. Like I, of course I feel my feelings. And she was like, no, do you feel them with your body? Not with your mind. And I was like, uh, maybe I like, didn't know how to answer that. And so she was like, try yoga Nidra. And I was like, "Mm, I've heard of it before, but I've never done it. And I was like, I hate yoga. She was like, it's not like that. She was like, just go try it. So I went, I searched for this and I will actually include the exact one that I did in the show notes because I do it pretty much like two or three times a week because I love it. And I did it. And I'm not even going to explain anything to you because I want you to do it on your own and you'll find it out unless you've done it before. Cool. But if not, like, you know, definitely try it out. I did it. And within like the, it was a 10 minute meditation because it's more of a meditation. And three minutes in, I burst into tears because I could feel all the emotion in my body. And what we tend to do when we're workaholics and we like to stay busy all the time is we tend to think about our feelings. Like, okay, we like overanalyze and psychoanalyze and try to fix things. And we're problem solvers. And we're always looking for a solution instead of just allowing things to be. And so even though we're talking about working all the time, I want you to think, and maybe even try this yoga need your meditation, because you might find that you are trying to keep yourself so overworked or busy again in, in business or otherwise that you don't even allow yourself to actually just relax and also feel your emotions instead of thinking about, you know, and yes, if you've worked with me, you follow me on Instagram, you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard me talk about like, you know, asking why, like, this is a big piece of my work, but, but there's a balance. We can get too much into like, we got to ask why I got to ask why I got to figure it out. And you need to do those things, but At the same time, you also need to feel these emotions and not just psychoanalyze where they come from and why you feel that way. Just feel them. So I just wanted to share that. So let's get into these 10 signs you might be a workaholic and how it's affecting you. So number one, you have zero boundaries when it comes to when you work, what you say no to, and what projects you are willing to take on. So for those of you who are yes men or women, and you're always putting more things on your plate because you know you can handle it, or maybe you can't handle it, but you're too afraid to say no, people pleasers, this might be you. Number two, you have um, absolutely no business or work hours. This was definitely me. I could say no to things, but oh my God, did I not have any boundaries when it came to like my work hours. Um, So if you like wake up in the morning and you're already answering emails, you are eating lunch and you're answering emails or checking messages or posting on social media, you are in the car you know, driving somewhere and you're, or maybe not driving, but like, you know, your husband's driving, your significant other's driving you and you're, you're working. It's kind of like, there's no, I work from, you know, like for me now, I typically work from like 11 to three. That's like when I do my work. Occasionally, if I'm working on a project, I might work longer, but typically that's when I do it. I never used to have that. So might be you. Number three, you feel pressure to perform or be doing all the time which is also uh, connected to number four, which is relaxing stresses you out more than it helps. So the idea of not only do you feel like you have to be doing and performing because if you relax, I'm unworthy. Or if I relax, that's not good enough. Or if I relax, like there's gotta be something I can do. Like the idea that there's nothing to do is impossible for you to think. 
Now, I don't care if you're a busy mom or whatever. I've worked with all different kinds of people. There is always some time for you to take a break because if you never do, everything else falls apart. Number five, even if you've started to work less, you now keep very busy with life projects around the house and always having activities. So I kind of already talked about this, but this is kind of for those of you who have noticed you are a workaholic. You've maybe worked a little bit on, um, you know, the surface level reasons. Like maybe you have set some business hours. Maybe you don't work as much, but you've just bounced from coping mechanism to coping mechanism. And now you just stay busy in every other area of your life. So number six is you make a to-do list. And then once it's finished, you create another one or I know this was me. I would like, if I was like going to bed or falling asleep, or I felt like I didn't get enough done, or I was busy, you know, in a day and maybe like something happened with the dogs. I had to take them to the vet unexpectedly and I didn't get any work done. I will be doing my best, even if it's in my head or on my phone to like make a to-do list. Cause just making a to-do list makes me feel better. Now there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but like there's, there's, there's some, there's some limits with, with how that should work. Right. You don't want to drive yourself crazy. So um, number seven is thinking about what you have to do the next day that keep and it keeps you from like sleeping, it keeps you from functioning, it keeps you from focusing on conversations with your loved ones. Um, number eight, you possibly have a scarcity mindset, which leads you in scarcity mindset more so around money, but you have a scarcity mindset, which leads you to feeling like you cannot possibly work less than you already do and make the same amount of money, which goes along with the group that I shared last week. We actually just started today, even though technically today is Wednesday, but when this podcast comes out, it's going to be Monday, January 9th. Um, you can still join if you want to be a part of it. And it's all about exactly what I'm talking about in this podcast. Um, you could just message me and DM me the word work, and I'll give you some information on it. It's a two week group. It's going to be awesome. Um, but, uh, and you can check the show notes for, for that as well. But, uh, number nine would be you work in every pocket of time just to get a few more things done. This was me so hardcore, the doctor's office in line or at a red light in traffic, you know, in the car while my husband is driving for us to go grab some things, at the grocery store, I would just try to just get a few more things in just so I could feel more accomplished. But think about how crazy that is. If you're more intentional about your work, and this is something that we're going to talk in the group. If you're more intentional about your work, I promise you the amount of time that you're working can get done in a shorter period of time. You just haven't done it enough to feel like you can, which is another piece of the group is the accountability to actually do the things so you can see that it works because we have to prove to ourselves, our inner child, the, the parts of us that are pushing us to work all the time that, Hey, that like, we're literally teaching our nervous system, reteaching that this is safe we are okay. We don't have to work all the time to survive. And I know that everybody's life situation is different, but it's finding that middle ground for you. And number 10 would be, even when you're on vacation, you find ways to do a little bit of work. A bonus would be, you don't remember the last time you relaxed on purpose and because you wanted to, not just because you feel like you should. That was me. I would take breaks and I would relax, but I was doing it because people told me I should. And because I didn't want to be a workaholic. So I would just work one less day. But the entire time I was not relaxed. I was, again, just doing it because I wanted to, not because I was fully embodying it. So if you do these things, I promise you the shit is eating you the fuck alive, whether you want to admit it or not. You may be one of those people, which was me. That was like, you don't understand. I absolutely love what I do. Like I couldn't even imagine like doing anything else. I just love doing it. So like, it never feels like work, but it did. It did. I fucking love what I do. And it still feels like work sometimes. And that's okay. I still love it, but there has to be a balance. And for, uh, and this is just personal opinion, but for, for people to tell themselves that like, 
they just love it so much. They can't do anything else, but then it consumes their every waking hour and there's pressure and there's negative emotions attached to it. That's where you kind of have to find that balance. And no one can tell you how much or, or how little is too much or too little. You got to figure that out, but check to see like, again, where these drivers, what these drivers are. I find that like, you know, if you don't identify why you're a workaholic, you can't heal from it. So for me, and this is something we're going to go over in the group is, um, I find that there, there are probably more, but these are the ones that I've identified as like the main drivers for workaholism, perfectionism, and like just, or not really perfectionism because perfectionism is one of them, but like those drivers that push you to put so much pressure on yourself and work all the time, money scarcity is going to be number one. Most people are doing that because of that. And that's going to be connected to like, how did you see your parents growing, growing up with money? Were they frugal? Did they buy everything? Did they pinch all their pennies? How were they? Because how you saw them with money or how you saw your caretakers with money is how you see money. And unless you've shifted that perspective, why would it change, right? So money, scarcity, worth, perfectionism, um, control could just be out of habit. And that habit can kind of fall into every other um, one of those categories as well. And then like all or nothing or black or white thinking. So if you don't identify like why you do that, it's going to be really hard for you to heal from that. Um, and then once you identify, you get to rewire. And rewire means what are my beliefs around like putting pressure on myself, where did they come from and how can I rewire them? And there's lots of ways that you can do that. We go over that in the group. Um, the last would be, you need to find a new strategy that works for you and try to prove it to yourself that it works. Like I meant, just mentioned earlier, you have to prove to yourself, your nervous system, your inner child, different parts of you that it is safe to not work all the time, to not be busy. It's safe to relax. I don't have to drive myself absolutely insane or get triggered when I see my partner relax or I see other people relax because that's just projection. You're projecting that, you know, this person needs to be working. But if you take a second to go, they actually don't need to be doing or working or, you know, accomplishing things. I just feel like I do. And so if they're not, that makes me, or that reminds me that like, I need to be doing all the things, you know what I mean? So I know that this can be really difficult to, break out of. I think I, I always say, um, I think food and money are two of the hardest things to, uh, shift mindsets around because everything else you can kind of avoid. If you have maybe certain family members or you have friends that like gossip or you smoke cigarettes or what, like you can avoid old bad habits, um, like that for the most part, but like, you can't not feed yourself. So like things like eating disorders, um, you know, just feelings around food and stress around food or same thing with money. Like you can't avoid buying things. They're always present and they are hard to work through, but you 100% can do that. So um, after I have this group, I think I might like add some, you know, reflection of it in the podcast. If you're interested in that, let me know. Um, but let's get into this week's TLAT, your tough love accountability task. Check my Instagram so you can share. I'd love to know, but your task is share how many of the 10 different signs I shared apply to you. And be honest, if you're like listening to this and you're like, honestly, none of that applied to me. Cool. That's super rad. Love that. Um, but share how many of those, uh, applied to you or maybe spoke to you and choose one of those that you're going to either try to shift or do differently. You don't have to do anything magic. This is especially more surface level. So like for some reason, if you click like, um, click, <laughs> if you choose like having business or work hours, 
How can you do that in a digestible way? You don't have to go from not having any business hours to now like it's super strict, but just anything where you can take one step in that direction. And then Friday, as always, we will check to see how you did. So I hope you have an amazing beginning of your 2023. I am here for you. I'm always open in my DMs. I also have a new announcement coming on my Instagram. So if you're on my email newsletter, you will hear about it first. So make sure you're on that. The link to join my newsletter is in the show notes. Um, but if not, and you just want to check it out on Instagram, stay tuned. So sending you mad love. Peace out. XOXO, your tough love coach. Thank you so much for listening to the XOXO, your tough love coach podcast. I appreciate you more than you know. If you loved hanging with me, I'd love for you to share the podcast to your social media or send it to a friend who might need a tough love pep talk. Also, if you need accountability and a community that gets you, I'd love to have you a part of my tough love collective. This is a year open membership to vibe with me, get bi-weekly group calls to get support and ask questions, as well as free access to everything I offer throughout the year, including masterclasses and events. Visit my website at alexisrm.com or DM me on Instagram at the tough love coach to learn more. See you next week.